0: Coming up now on Established in the Faith. When I hold up my hands, you're looking at a lethal weapon because these hands are going to point you to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm not going to point you to a political party, I'm not going to point you to any other thing in this world other than Christ and Him crucified. Romans chapter 6 in your Bibles, Uh, move down if you will to verse 3, Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And I want to continue with the subject we started last week, the subject of baptism. The story of the Bible is the story of the cross. The first three chapters in your Bible in Genesis deals with the creation and the fall of man. And then in Genesis 3 and verse 15, the Lord promised that a Redeemer would come. He said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And from that point forward in your Bible, we have the stage being set... For the Redeemer of mankind to come into the world. When we get to the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ steps on the scene. Born of the Virgin Mary, He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. And the Lord Jesus Christ died on Calvary for the sins of mankind. And he rose from the dead the third day. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The disciples gave us some history of the Lord's life and ministry. They witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection. But they little understood the meaning of the New Testament that would be given to the Apostle Paul. And Paul gave us the meaning of the new covenant in the book of Romans. And you as a child of God, you should have a working knowledge of the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the theology of the church. And we're going to be dealing with chapter 6 today, but I want to give you a little outline, if you will, of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul deals with the Gentile world. They knew God through creation, but they worshipped Him not as God. They created their own gods and worshipped their own gods. They rejected God. God turned them over to a reprobate mind. A mind that does not work right. Romans chapters 2 and 3. Paul deals with the Jewish world. They were given the Ten Commandments. Well, if Ten Commandments are good, well, then 20 will be better. And by the time Jesus came on the scene, they had so added to the law of God, there was over 600 laws added to what God originally gave to the Jews. They made a religion out of the law. And when Jesus Christ came on the scene, God's chosen people rejected their Messiah. They rejected Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul ends that chapter, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. He puts all under the same umbrella, both Jews and Gentiles. He says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whether they were Gentiles that had creation to look at, or whether they had the law of God, all rejected God and all have sinned and come short. The glory of God. Romans chapter 4, verse 3 in your Bibles. The Apostle Paul in this chapter deals with Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. If you understand that verse today, you will have a working knowledge of the rest of the Bible. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. All of us are sinners. We have sin in our account. If you're going to see God today, you got to have holiness in your account. And none of us have any holiness. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. But when you accept Jesus Christ, he takes your sin and he gives you his righteousness. Glory to God. And Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Glory to God. Romans chapter 5. Paul deals with justification by faith. He said in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith. He didn't say being justified by water baptism. He didn't say being justified by shaking the preacher's hand. He didn't say being justified by putting a thousand dollars in the offering plate. If you want to put a thousand dollars in the offering plate today, make the check out to Friendship Church of EMET, North Carolina. But let me tell you today, you're not justified by your $1,000 check. You're not justified by a $10,000 check or a million dollar check. Of course, we'll accept whatever amount you send us, but you're not justified today by the amount of money that you give or any other works that you do. You are justified by faith today in Jesus Christ, who He is, and what He did at Calvary. Justified. What does that mean? It means, just if I'd never sinned. Just if I'd never sinned. And it's all by faith. Justification by faith. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 6. Paul deals with the mechanics of, Of our salvation. I'm going to dive into that a little bit more here in a minute. Romans chapter 7. Paul gives his personal experience. He gives an account of what happened to him. When he allowed his faith to shift from Christ. And the cross to the law. He said... Romans 7 verse 9, he said when the commandment came, that's the law. When he tried to live this Christian life by rules and regulations, by the law. He said when the commandment came, sin revived. That's the sin nature. And when you're reading the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, you'll see the word sin there quite a bit in that chapter. In the Greek text, we have what is known as the definite article. And it translates a little clumsy over into our English. It should have been translated the sin. Paul was talking about the sin nature. He uses the word sin as a noun. Okay? And most of the time we think of sin, we think of acts of sin. And that covers a wide territory. But Paul is dealing with the principle of sin, the sin nature. And he said, when the commandment came, when I tried to live this life by law, rules and regulations, he said, the sin nature revived and I died. The sin nature, if you're not careful, can have a revival in your life. And let me tell you, we're fixing to have revival here at the church in just a few weeks. But this right here is a revival you don't want. You don't want a revival of the sin nature in your life. You want a revival of the Holy Ghost in your life. That's the kind of revival that you want. He said, when I allowed my faith to shift from Christ and the cross, and it could be to anything... The sin nature revived and I died. Look at verse 15, Romans 7, verse 15. He said, the thing I want to do, I ain't doing it. And the thing I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. And he ends this chapter by saying, O wretched man that I am, Romans 7, verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body Of this death. I'm dealing with this today because most Christians are living in Romans chapter 7. That describes most Christian experience. Your Christian experience is miserable because you find yourself failing in some area of your life. It's a struggle every day. And as a child of God, you're going to struggle. But let me tell you, you can have victory. You can have victory. You can be an overcomer. And that's what Paul talks about in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans Paul deals with how the Holy Spirit works in the heart and life of the believer For the law of the Spirit of life, that's Romans chapter 8 and verse 2 The law of the Spirit of life how the Holy Spirit works is in Christ Jesus by you simply every day taking up the cross, placing your faith in Christ and what he did, that opens the door for the Holy Spirit to work. That right there is more powerful than the law of sin and death. Every single sin has killed every single human being that's ever lived. And it's a very powerful law. But what Jesus Christ did at Calvary, opening the door for the Holy Spirit to come in our hearts and lives, that, ladies and gentlemen, is more powerful. And today, if you will make up your mind, I'm going to take up the cross, and I'm going to walk after the Spirit. There's not a demon, a devil in hell that can stop you. you got to make up your mind, I'm going to walk after the Spirit. If you walk after the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. Paul deals with how Israel rejected their Messiah. And as a result, they were cut off. But God's going to bring them back. He refers to Israel as being... The olive tree. And the church has been grafted into this olive tree. But he gives a warning to the church. If we go the same way that Israel did, rejecting Christ and going about to establish our own righteousness through some other means, then the church will be cut off exactly as Israel was cut off. He said, Romans 11, verse 21, For if God spared not the natural branches, speaking of Israel, take heed lest he spare not thee. And sadly and regrettably, much of the church world has gone off into other things. We've drifted from the basics of Christianity. Romans chapters 12 through 16. The Apostle Paul gives us things that we should do in order to order our behavior. Basic Christian living. Living. But dealing today with Romans chapter 6. The Apostle Paul said there in verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Most people when they hear the word baptize or baptism, their minds immediately go to water baptism now water baptism does not save you we can baptize you till you shrivel up like a raisin and you still won't be saved COVID-19 drive-in church has been very successful for a lot of churches but drive-in baptisms have not water baptism baptism is an outward expression of an inward work. It typifies Christ. When you go down in that water, it typifies the death and burial of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of that water, it typifies His resurrection. It also typifies your resurrection as well. And I'm not talking about a resurrection that'll take place in the not-too-distant future when the trump of God sounds the rapture of the church. I'm talking about a newness of life now, right now. You can live a newness of life right now. I don't walk like I used to walk before I got saved. I'm a different person now. I'm changed down on the inside we are baptized into Jesus Christ, for which water baptism is just symbolic. Baptized into Jesus Christ. The word baptism means to come into union with. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized were baptized into Jesus Christ? In other words, in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, you died with Him. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's the debt that we owe to God because of our sin. But when you identify with Christ, when you say, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my heart and life. In the mind of God, you just got on the cross with Jesus Christ. And you died with him. Your sin debt is paid in the mind of God. Baptized into his death, he said, verse 6, Romans chapter 6, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That's you dying on that cross the old man what you used to be the sin nature inside of you dying being cut off it goes back to that circumcision made without hands that we've been talking about the past few weeks a spiritual operation of god that takes place in your heart and life baptized into his death. And when we do that, our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin, the sin nature, might be destroyed. See, that's what needs to be destroyed in your heart and life, the sin nature. And as we stated last week, it's like a doctor would take a knife and cut out a tumor That's causing a person all kind of problems. And he gets the tumor, but there are roots of it that has gone into different areas. And the doctor has to go back and operate again. And he has to go back and operate again. And he has to go back and operate again. When God saves you, He cut off that tumor of the sin nature. But the roots of sin has invaded every aspect of our life and living. And God has to go in with that surgical knife of the cross of Christ, and He has to cut out those roots, and it takes a lifetime for God to do it. And you need to let God operate in your life. And He needs to get out things that don't need to be there, things that you don't even realize is there. God wants to dig it out. He wants to operate on you. Brother James is going to kill me. He's never lost a patient. He's never lost a patient. Everyone that laid down on God's operating table has survived. And they're in glory right now. And you're on your way. Because you're letting God operate in your life. But the old man was crucified with him. Go down, if you will, to Romans 6, verse 12. Because of our baptism into Christ, Paul said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let the sin nature reign on the throne of your heart like a king. You decide. He said, let not sin therefore reign. You make the choice as to whom you're going to serve. If you're going to serve God, then serve God. If you're going to serve the sin nature, then serve the sin nature. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and the folks here at Friendship Church, we're going to serve the Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust." Thereof, the sin nature can rule and reign in your heart and life if you allow it to. He went on to say, verse 13, Neither yield ye your members, that's speaking of the members of the physical body, your arms, your legs, your eyes, Don't yield the members of your physical body over to the sin nature. He said, don't yield your members over as instruments. When Paul used that word instruments, he was talking about an instrument of war. An instrument of war that a soldier would use. Don't yield the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. What was he saying? When you yield to that sin nature, the sin nature will use your own body as a weapon against you. How many people today have yielded to the sin nature, and now they're hooked on drugs, your body right now is screaming for another fix. You can't go a couple of hours without taking another drink. That's what the sin nature will do to you. And you're hooked on it, and it's killing you. When you yield to that, the sin nature will use your own body as a weapon against you. But when you yield to God, he said, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. If we'll yield to God's redemption plan, and let the Holy Ghost work in you, God will use the members of your physical body as a weapon in this world. Oh, good grace and mercy. Today, when I hold up my hands, you're looking at a lethal weapon. Why? Because these hands are going to point you to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm not going to point you to a political party. I'm not going to point you to any other thing in this world other than Christ and Him crucified. Glory to God. This tongue is a weapon. Why? Because it speaks the truth. Of God's Word. These eyes are a weapon. How in the world can your eyes be a weapon? Because they're focused on Christ and what He did at Calvary. Oh, good grace and mercy. My feet are a weapon today. A lethal weapon. Why? Because it's these feet that's taking the gospel of Jesus Christ out to this lost and dying world. When I look out across this congregation today when I look out here in this parking lot out here today there are weapons sitting out there in those cars those of you listening by radio today you are a weapon and let me tell you something stop being scared of the devil stop being scared of COVID-19 stop being scared of what's going to happen in the upcoming election you are a weapon to be used in God's work and when you will yield to that God will use you and The devil is scared of you. Stop being scared of the devil. He is scared of you today, not the other way around. Because you have yielded yourself to God's redemption plan. Glory to God. He said, yield yourselves unto God. Verse 14. For sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Oh, and there's so much more that can be said there. Can we deal with it next week? Amen. y'all come on back next week and we'll try to finish this up. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style and the church is located at 744 friendship church road in middlesex north carolina near the EMED community on the website if you click on the contact us tab google maps will bring you right to us we would love to have you and we hope to see you there and we hope today's program has been a blessing to you thank you for listening and god bless you